Men, is your life at times chaotic? Are you in a career that has caused you to lose trust and faith in other people? If so, make sure you stay tuned for our interview with Paul Lee, Executive Director of Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers Association. Stay tuned to the end of this episode as we announce a new collaboration with the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers Association. And if you are an EMS, first responder, or peace officer of any kind, we have new access for you to get free Men in the Arena resources. So stay tuned. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, sponsored by Mountain Tough Fitness Lab, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena Podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide leading you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's show. But before we get in, before we get into our episode today, guys, we want to share one of our hero stories that came in this year. As you know, this year we're collecting 365 hero stories. That's one hero story a day. All year long, a hero story is a story of transformation. Either you've seen it in someone else because of our ministry, or you yourself have personally experienced it. If you send that into us, we will celebrate that with you and send you some swag just to say thank you when we use your hero story. This one is number 180 this year, comes in from James via email, and he said, I hit rock bottom in my mind before I gave it all to God, but since finding your podcast, I found a new relationship with God that has helped me in my journey to getting back on the right path. Thanks, James, for that. Hit us up. We want to send you some swag. We need your physical address. Hey, guys, stay tuned uh, to the end of this interview. Uh, and you get to hear our weekly man law. This is a good one this week, guys. And guys, you can pick up that book on our website. It is a free resource for you. It's called 101 Ways to Get Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to Live By. Stay tuned to the end for that. And thanks, guys, for making this Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. Hey guys, I'm excited today to bring on our guest, Paul Lee. Paul lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the patron state of the patron state of guns. <laughs> I think that's from the movie Shooter, right? Okay. Uh, anyway, he's been married to his beautiful wife, Donna, for 30 years. Paul's a retired Chattanooga Police Department captain with 29 years of law enforcement service. He has worked several specialized units, including federal task forces, five years as a hostage negotiator. Man, that would be great for raising teenagers. And five years on the SWAT team. Paul has served as executive director of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers USA since 2014. Him and his wife, Donna, have five children and four grandchildren. And guys, we are excited to announce a very special collaboration today. We'll do that at the end of the podcast, but I want to bring on my new friend, Paul Lee. Paul, it's great to have you on the show, brother. Oh, Jim, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, man, it's been a, it seems like it's been a long time coming. Well, we've tried back and forth, but yeah. <laughs> you know, we knew it would get here eventually. Yeah, it's just it's just the and I got to tell you guys, if you're listening on audio, 
uh, you need to go to YouTube and watch this interview because Paul is rocking a mustache that would make Tom Selleck cry. So I'm just telling you guys that right now. So <laughs> I, I, it's good to see you pulling off, man. The 80s mustache. I'm telling you. Oh, it is. It's still it, it's there, man. 70s, baby. 80s, it's still there. It's just never going to go away. You're no. right. I mean, I think I think you walk up with that police officer's cap on there, and you're, yeah, you're rocking it, man. So, hey, it's great to have you on today. <laughs> well, it, it's good to be here. I do. Hey, why don't you start off today and just tell these guys your story, who you are, what makes you tick, things you enjoy. Uh, let them just give them some context. Well, okay. Well, uh, I'll start off. My my father was in law enforcement. He was a Chattanooga police officer, so it was destined that I was going to be a Chattanooga police officer. It was just going to happen. In fact, I tell people there was never anything else in my mind as a kid. Uh, so I raised, born and raised. Uh, uh, right here in Chattanooga, I have uh, uh, was with the Chattanooga Police Department for 29 and a half years, and uh, I started as a civilian changing the oil in police cars, so you wow. don't get much lower than that up underneath a police car, and, uh, uh, and I was one of those guys that had just, I was blessed with a great career. Now, if you were working around me, you might not thought I was really blessed at that time, but uh, it was, I got to do so many different things, you know, that a lot of people don't get to do. But uh, uh, the first half of my career, I have to tell you, I tried to do everything in my own strength. And, uh, you know, no matter how much I worked out or, or stayed in shape or anything else, at the end of the day, I just wasn't strong enough. And uh, by the end of, of October, in fact, it was uh, October 15th, uh, 1995, or October 13th, 1995, uh, my life came crashing down because by that time I was in the state where I hated everything and everybody. You know, I had spiraled into that cop mode and, and the cops that are listening understand what that is, you know, to, to be a good cop, you know, you had to, you had to drink the most, cuss the most, you know, be mad at the world. And I was a good one. And uh, people asked me, so, well, were you a racist? No, I wasn't a racist. I hated everybody. <laughs> you know, I did. You were an equal and, opportunity hater. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, I hated people that uh, were victims because they were victims. You know, I hated the criminals because they were the criminals. I mean, there was just there was there was just nothing. And uh, on October the thirteenth, Friday, October the thirteenth, nineteen ninety-five, my my mother died. Yeah, and uh, God knew exactly what it would take to bring me to my knees. And uh, I'm an only child, so I had to do everything. And uh, I was in the shower getting ready for the funeral. And I literally fell apart like a $5 watch. I mean, when you hear people talk about the weight of your sin, weighing you down, Jim, it bent me over in the shower and I was just crying uncontrollably. And uh, I cried out three things to God in that shower because I knew I was under conviction. I had enough church under my belt to know what it was for the last 20 years. I knew what it was. I mean, that's how long I had fought it. And I told God, I give up. I surrender. I throw in the towel. 
just those three words. And of course, you know, I've had people give up and surrender to me. I knew exactly what that meant because when somebody would give up or surrender to me, I'd put the handcuffs on them and they would have to go where I say go, sit where I said sit, stand when I would say stand. They no longer had any control over their lives because they'd give it to me. Well, I, in that prayer, gave control of my life over to God. And when I said throw in the towel, because we know that's a boxing term, you know, boxer, the fighter has just taken a beating and just will not go down. And the manager thinks he's going to get killed, so he throws the towel in to stop the fight. And I had to throw that towel in because I just wouldn't go down. I had fought God for 20 years, and I couldn't take another punch. It was over. And when I stepped out of that shower, I was a different person. And for me, it was that fast, Jim. And I know it was that fast because I had a filthy mouth. I mean, it was just filthy. And I couldn't stop it because I had tried to stop it. I knew it was filthy. It wouldn't last 30 minutes. And it's not been a problem since. And uh, uh, it wasn't until shortly after that that a, another Christian police officer found out that, that I had surrendered my life to Christ. So he took me to a fellowship of Christian peace officers Bible study. And okay, I went, you know, and when I walked in the room, I guess my reputation kind of preceded me because everybody in the room looked at me like, oh no, he's in the wrong room. <laughs> the lightning's you coming, know? the lightning's coming, move. Yeah, this is not going to be a good day. <laughs> so I sat down and, and of course we had, you know, we had our small talk and stuff and there was a little gray-headed man sitting across from me. And I kind of figured he was the one running the show. And he just up and says, Paul, how'd you get here? And I thought to myself, well, you don't know who I am. You know, I just got saved. You know, I still had a lot of cop in me too. You know, who do you think you are? You don't know whether I'm saved or lost. Why would you ask me that question? Put me on the spot. I've got to give a testimony. I just got saved. I, I don't have a testimony. And all this was going on inside of me. But I kept my poker face. You know, my guts were churning inside. And so finally, I just vomit my testimony out on all these guys. Well, by the time I get through, I'm crying. All these tough guys are crying. Mm. And that little old gray-haired man looked at his watch and goes, well, that about does it for today. I took the whole time. You know, my first FCPO meeting, I, I took the whole time. Well, hey, I want to go back, though, because you, you, you kind of rolled through something, and I want to stop, and I want these guys to really hear what you have to say, okay? Okay. You know, because okay. we got guys driving to work right now, some broken guys, broken marriages, bondage to sin, you know, and they're just – and a lot of these guys are Christian guys that are resisting God. So they're they're and I, and, I, and theologically you might want to argue this point but they're guys that would say that Jesus is their savior but they haven't made him their lord. So I I want and I just I'm just going off a of human experience not theology. So I want to walk I want you to walk through this again. You didn't pray a sinner's prayer. You weren't at a Billy Graham crusade. You were in the shower and you did three things. So I want you to walk me through these three things again because there are guys in the car right now, I believe, they're going to pull over weeping and do these three things. So Number one, you said, I give up. I want you to tell me right. what that means again. The, the give up and, and the surrender for me, because I understood it, uh, I had people that would give up and surrender to me in law enforcement. 
and I would put the handcuffs on them, and they were no longer free to do anything they wanted to. They had to do what I said do. And so when I told God, I give up, I surrender, I meant every word of it. There were just two words, but I meant them both. I'm giving up to you, Lord. You, you have to take me. You have to show me. You have to guide me. You have to lead me because I can't do mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay. Mm. Okay. So that's really good. You said no long. This is the key thing. You are, you know, I told somebody just the other day, God wrecked my life. I mean, he completely deconstructed it, put it back together. Man, I was like, I don't want to do that. But here's the key thing is that when you surrender, when you give up, you know, when you really get serious about God, you, you give up your freedom. And I know that in America, we don't want to hear that. You literally, in any country, any plant, we, we give up our freedom and we surrender it. Now, listen, here's the beautiful part about it, guys, to the God who already has the best plan marked out for you. So you're giving up your lame, ridiculous plan, and you're surrendering it to his. And Paul said in Philippians, help me out, Paul, Philippians chapter 1, which is better by far. Okay, so I really appreciate what you said there, Paul. So you get, I give up and I surrender. And then the last thing you said is I throw in the towel. So tell these guys, you know, how is that different than giving up and surrendering? Well, pretty much my entire my entire career, you know, I knew I was under conviction. I knew, you know, I needed to walk with God, and He was wanting me to walk with Him because I I had I was brought up in the church, but I wanted to be that good cop. So we've got this conflict going on, you know, to be a good cop, cuss, drink, you know, run around. You know, all of all of those things. I mean, that's the that's the world. It's sad, but that's the majority of law enforcement world. And there's no place to hang your hat. But I knew God was after me and after me. And I would do those things. And I would always end up in trouble or miserable or something. And I would look at the other guys and they were just having a big time. But I never had a big time. And that's because God kept hammering away at me and uh, one of the one of the best slash worst things that my father ever did was when i was a little child nail up a plaque of the 10 commandments over my bed and through all my years growing up it was there and i would read it occasionally little did i know that god was searing those commandments into my heart and i knew what sin was i knew what it was and I knew when it was wrong. And I had just fought and fought with God for so long. I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, it was either surrender or die, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. I, I just wanted you to go back and review that because I think that you said some powerful things. And guys think there's some hocus-pocus prayer they have to pray. And, no. and it's not it's a heart it's a heart turning and so I really appreciate that. Well let's let's jump into the a fellowship of Christian Peace Officers Association. So, you know, there are some um uh some statistics surrounding peace officers that I think uh, are a little alarming uh, similar to our military guys. What are some what are some statistics about our uh, peace officers today that you would say are alarming or uh really uh motivated you to reach out through this organization? Well, it, it's not only the statistics, it's being inside, you know, the environment that you oh, realize yeah. that 
whatever the statistics are, they're bad. Yeah. And you can look up statistics and, and they'll say that, that inside law enforcement, we have a 20 or a 75% divorce rate. We have a, a 40% domestic violence rate. And, and, you know, and I have to clarify that because people automatically think domestic violence, or you're beating your spouse. No, you know, you go home and you fuss at your spouse and you're mad at your spouse and nothing's right. And you gripe and you, that's, that's, that's verbal abuse. You're just beating your spouse down. You know, you've brought all this garbage home with you when you say you don't, but you do. You've brought it home. So, you know, they'll tell you that we're running about a 40% domestic violence or domestic abuse rate. Uh, we've got a, I think this is low. Uh, the statistics out there will say that we've got a 25% alcohol and drug addiction uh, problem. And that's, you know, mainly script drugs, you know, where guys get hooked on, on script drugs and our suicide rate pretty much outdoes our line of duty death rate. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that, that includes the car wrecks and everything. You know, we kill ourselves way more than the bad guys kill us oh, that's every a year powerful with statement. the, with the wow. exception of the COVID year. Yeah. 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 How have you seen, you've been in law enforcement since, I'm guessing it sounds like 1994. How? Oh, all the way back to 75. 75. Oh, man. Yeah. Holy cow. So so what changes have you seen in the public's view of law enforcement officers since 1974? Have you seen any shift or does that remain static? Are people, you know, looking at law enforcement officers the same or is there a difference? It's going to be whoever you ask, Jim. Okay. I sit back and I don't see much difference. Okay. You know, because everything that's going on right now has always gone on. Okay. Appreciate I mean, you it really that. has. Yep. We yep. just didn't, people, the public didn't see it. Okay. But but it's gone on and now it's in the public's eye. And, and the worst part about that is when it's pounded on you through the media and, and, YouTube and Facebook and all these things that we have access to now, then it really becomes truth because you're seeing the same thing a hundred times a day. And so people that normally wouldn't have bad thoughts are starting to have major questions, you know, just because they're being fed this constantly. And I see that as, as a major, major problem right there. And in law enforcement, we, we have our own issues because we're very clannish. And there's a very good reason for that. We don't trust a lot of people. And, and I know that sounds may sound funny to a lot of your listeners that, you know, why wouldn't you? Well, no one ever called me to come to their house to tell me they had a good day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was always something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and think about it, law enforcement in this country see the very worst in the very youngest to the very oldest. I mean, recently there was a a, a case, and I can't remember where it was, where a six-year-old boy took his mother's gun to school for the express purpose to shoot his teacher and kill her, which he did shoot her. But she didn't die. And then he bragged about, I killed that 
and it B, you know, well, she, luckily old. she didn't die. Praise God. Six years but old. Six years old, all the way to the very oldest. We see the very worst in the very poorest to the very richest. We see the very worst in the atheist all the way to the mega pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Who do, who do we who do we trust? Yeah. And I mean, it really, if you don't have God's word to lean on, then you do get jaded and you do get clannish and, you know, and then you sit back, we sit back and I've done it. I'm guilty. You know, nobody cares about us. Nobody cares. You know, they don't know what we go through. I mean, mm -hmm. you just whine, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, there's no other way to put it. You just start gripping, complaining. It's like a cancer, you know, and you're whining and when I've asked guys, well, why don't people care? Well, they don't know what we do. Why don't they know what we do? And what it comes down to is we don't tell them because we are clannish. So we don't even have strong believers that can pray for us accurately because they don't know what we do. They don't know what we're dealing with every day because we don't tell them. It's this vicious circle that's going around and around. And that's one of the things at FCPO we try to break down. You know, we wow. want people to know. That's so well. So, so FCPO fellowship of Christian peace officers. Now this is a massive, uh, people don't realize this. This is a massive organization, 800 over 800,000 peace officers and two. 160 local uh what's the word uh local chapters chapters uh since 1974 so tell us about fcpo and your purpose why do you guys exist well we're there to create a, a christian worldview and peace officers gosh that's awesome using, using biblical truths and we want these biblical truths to transform their lives personally which will transcend into transforming their families, which will transcend into transforming the communities they serve. It, it's, it's a big deal, but we have to start with the officer because he's going to have these connections, you know, and possibly transforming the agency they work in. Well, so, so here's a question. So you have 260 chapters all those chapters were started by some law enforcement person who decided it was important. If I'm one of those guys right now, do you have anything in the Northern Oregon area going on? Any chapters not in over the, here? Not in the Northern Oregon area. We've got, we've got a couple of chapters and, and I will tell your listeners uh, in true transparency, all of those chapters on our map are not active. Because they we've been around. They started in 1974. Yep. And and this is where you and I and our organizations getting together mm -hmm. are going to benefit. Because the problem with that was, let's say you wanted to start a chapter, so you started, and and you've got other guys. You've got you're the president. There's a vice president. There's a secretary. There's a treasurer. You got all these guys, you know, and everybody's coming around, and you are doing all the Bible studies. You are planning any of the events, you are setting the dates to meet, and, oh, you just got promoted in your shift changes, and you can't do it all anymore. 
Well, nobody else would step up, and the chapter would dissolve. It would just kind of go away because nobody would step up. So this was this is, uh, and please remember, we're about next year will be our fiftieth anniversary. Gosh, congratulations! So, That's so awesome. we have been we've been dealing with this, and you know we we realized what the problem was, and so what we do now is instead of trying to make the president, vice president, and all of that, we ask for three cops, active or retired, any department, when they come together to take a leadership position. I'm not going to call you anything, but you got to, a three-strand cord is hard to break, according to Ecclesiastes 4.12. And that's what we're looking for, because if you give me three dedicated cops to Christ, they'll move a mountain. And you can take those three, and we try to pour into those three and teach them to pour into each other and get them ready to go out and find one other to pour into and bring them back to teach them to go find one to pour into until they can start building guys that know how to do this. And then when your shift changes, will you just do the same thing? You're just looking for somebody to pour into on midnight shift. You're just looking for somebody to pour into in homicide. And this doesn't stop. We have created leaders that will go out and continue to do what they've been trained to do throughout their departments, thus having the ability to change the entire department. So we've taken a, a different angle. And right now we're trying to reactivate all these chapters that we have that are inactive. And that is proving to be quite successful right now. Of course, that includes our partnership in materials. I understand you know, that, that we can put in their hands, and that's just huge. Well, the sound you, you reminded me of a a movie I watched recently, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. It's the story of Medal of Honor winner and and pacifist uh, Desmond Doss. Please, Lord, help me just get one more. And so that's kind of your mantra: get us, get one more, Lord. So okay, so these chapters. I mean, I really appreciate this organization. You have 260 local chapters. Some are functioning. Some are inactive a little bit. How do these chapters function? So if I were to start a chapter, if I were to join a chapter, what happens when I uh, get in? Let's Before we talk about what happens with membership, let's talk about just getting involved. What happens in a uh, Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers Association chapter? Sure. And... Uh... You do not have to be a member of FCPO to attend anything that FCPO is doing. We're open. Perfect. I think you know because there's just that. there's just some guys that are not gonna, you know, they're not gonna join anything. That's they okay. Don't but trust. We want you to be a part. They don't That's trust. Right. That's right. <laughs> you know, we we get it. But inside that chapter, we 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 promote Bible study. We promote Bible reading. We promote one on one discipleship. You know, whatever it takes, and we are now providing materials so that guys can do that. So we provide our, our members with, with everything they need to study by themselves, to lead a small group, you know, or facilitate a small group, or to even take somebody one-on-one -on -one through something. And uh, uh, But it doesn't stop there because we're big on service. You know, there's things that can be done. And, and we tell our chapters, you know, if there's something inside the department, you know, if there's, if there's another cop, 
let's say a motor officer goes down, which they have a tendency to do occasionally. And all of a sudden he needs a handicap ramp to get in and out of his house. Okay, get over there and build him a handicap ramp, you know, and, you know, you can raise the money to do that through us. You know, people will, the public will help to take care of that officer and you go build the ramp. Maybe there's not anything inside the department, but there's something in one of the areas where one of your guys works that, that, that neighborhood or that community needs something. Can you do it? If you can, go do that. Go help them. You know, go take care of it. Be Jesus's hands and feet. Let them see Jesus in you because you're there. And in a lot of neighborhoods, mouths will be hanging open. We have one chapter that had the audacity to go into its highest crime area, and they get out of the car, and everybody kind of thinks, so here comes the cops, you know, and they're getting ready to run, but they have on different T-shirts, and they have on FCPO T-shirts. Now, they got their guns, too, because they're not stupid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but they didn't go there to police. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And they're walking up to people and saying, is there anything I can pray for you about? And they start praying with the neighborhood. And the neighborhood is just stunned. And then they had the nerve to do something even worse. They set up uh, prayer booths at Chick-fil-A. You know, don't pray for a cop. Let a cop pray for you. And people were pulling out of line and coming over and, and just, I mean, it was... Uh, you know, it was like church. That is, you know, better there than were church. people, <laughs> yeah, there were people convicted and crying and wow. just needy, needy people. There is not another mission. You get me excited now. There is not another mission field in the world like law enforcement. I mean, think about it. Where else can you dial nine one one? and have someone dispatched to come and minister to you at the worst time of your life other than law enforcement. I mean, you know, most of the time if there's a fire, they call the police first. If an ambulance is needed, they'll send a police car first because they're usually quicker. You know, so we're always there. And yeah, running, gunning, chasing, fighting, that is such a small part of a 30-year career. You know, it's there. You've got to be ready. You know, you've got to be on your A game every single day. But the most of our time is spent dealing with poor, broken, lost people. That's what we deal with every day. And Jim, we know there's only two kinds of people in the world. There's lost people and there's saved people. There's no other kind. And if we expect lost people to act like saved people, we're just going to frustrate ourselves well, because they can't. And here's the other thing, Paul, that you, you got me thinking. <clears throat> so, you know, our peace officers deal with people in their most broken state. But yes. the key that we need to think about here is is a peace officer, because the peace officer, man or woman, is a human— the peace officer is a broken vessel. So we yes. are sending broken vessels to deal with broken situations. And you can see how these men and women 
of our law enforcement agencies are don't, don't, don't trust and don't. And here's the other thing. Don't know where to go with their brokenness because of these trust issues. So your organization says, hey, we are, you know, it's like same team in basketball. You both have the ball, same team, same team. You know, it's like we are, we are, you are coming to these, these men and women saying we are on your team. We are part of the same clan to use a phrase you've been using. Thus, you can trust us. So you you provide something that really nobody else can, can provide because, yes. because they trust their own. And so I, I just think this is very, very powerful. Uh, uh, this organization, what you guys are doing is very, very powerful. So let's say, so how does a, a man or woman, and because we're dealing with men and women in your organization, mm-hmm. how does a man or woman... Uh, become a member. What is the wh- why would they want to uh, quote join uh, your organization? Well, we we really target Christians in law enforcement because uh, most of the time they feel like they're alone. And uh, what's sad is is when one rises up and then another one comes along and another one comes along and none of these guys knew each other were believers. Oh yeah, yeah. So so, you know, they're there, they're they're looking, and they're waiting for somebody to step up, and so we target them because we want to be there for them. You know, we don't want them to lose the hope that they had when they became a police officer to begin with. They enter law enforcement with Christ, and there's there's that's nowhere in law enforcement, you know, and. The training that we get, especially nowadays, is excellent. You know, there's just we get good training, you know, it by far. But there's nothing biblical about that training. You know, it's all, you know, training about what to watch for, staying alive, you know, where to how to position yourself, how don't let some people get too close. I mean, it goes on and on, but but there's there's no biblical truths that go along with it. So when you go out on the street and you start operating, that is how you operate. You know, that's that's what your training is. And as far as you're concerned, you know, that, that the Bible really doesn't have anything to do, which it has a lot to do. But, you know, you just don't if you don't have that strong biblical background going in, the only place you've got to hang your hat is on your training, you know, your partners, what everybody's doing. You know, you're you're all work, working as a team together and uh uh that that just shuts you down and so when we step in you know it's almost like a breath of fresh air you know i'm not alone you're not alone you know there's a whole nation of christian officers out there and we're trying to bring them together to network with each other and uh but once that comes you know, when there's two, when, when now you got strength. Christianity is a team sport. It's not meant to be worked alone because you'll just work yourself to death and into misery. You know, you need three kinds of people in your life, Jim. You need an Apostle Paul that knows a little bit more than you that can help you along. You should also have a Timothy in your life, just like Paul did, somebody that knows a little bit less than you that you can bring along. And every one of us needs a Barnabas just to encourage us and pick us up every now and then. And that's what we try to provide for these officers and slowly get them on track with themselves, with their families, 
maybe find some other Christians inside their department, start bringing them together. You know, there's no time. We do not use the word hurry. We use God's time frame. You know, God will take care of it. You know, we've just got to get them to open their eyes and see that there's something different out there. That's really good, man. I appreciate that. So, so I decide, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a outlier. I'm coming to the events. I'm coming to the Bible study. I'm receiving all the things that, uh, FCPO offers. And I want to, I want to associate with these guys. I want to actually go in and join, join, FCPO. So there is, you do actually offer membership, correct? Yes, we do. So yeah, I, we do. without going into the amount, because I'm sure it's nominal because you're a nonprofit, what does a guy get or gal get for joining and becoming an actual member of FCPO? Well, you join, join on our website, fcpo.org. And uh, we equip all of our members with pretty much everything you're going to need to grow yourself further by yourself. Uh, we give you the ability to uh, facilitate small groups. You know, you don't even have to make things up. You know, you're, you don't have to, you know, try to put a lesson together. They're already done. Uh, we give you the ability to disciple somebody else one-on-one. -on -one. So the first thing that we provide all of our members is Right Now Media. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Lot, yeah, a lot of churches give Right Now Media. And, uh, and we do, too. You can only get it through a church or an organization like us. And we encourage all of our members to sign up again on Right Now Media through us because there's a new feature on Right Now Media that we're going to start utilizing probably next year. But it's where we can place our own actual teachings in a private area inside Right Now Media. And you can download it. You, if there's videos, you can watch them you, just like you do right now media, except it will be from us. And the great thing about that is, say, you're a member where you are and you've, you've, gone, you've created this good lesson. Well, send it to us so we can put it in there. Now the nation has access to it. You know, it's not just your group. Now other guys across the country have got access to it. So that's huge. You know, and right now media is huge on its own anyhow, you know, for lessons. But besides that, we uh, give you a filament Bible that we talked about. The filament and, uh, Bible. The filament Bible. That is yeah. my, you know, we actually with Men in the Arena, we sell a filament Bible. That is my favorite Bible for men. I mean, as far yeah. as a man who wants to read the Bible, it, it's an easily translatable, understandable version, yet it stays true to the uh, original languages. It, it's very, really an excellent Bible. And, you know, of course, you know the, the app that comes with it, you know, and, and like I told you earlier, you know, we it's a real pretend leather Bible. It's a black Bible with a thin blue line around it, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really neat looking. But uh, inside it is the one-year Bible daily reading plan because we encourage our members to read through the Bible every year. And it takes a discipline, just like working out, just like learning to shoot. Yep, yep. You know, you've got to discipline yourself to do it. You've got to make the time because Satan will try to knock that time out of you. But uh, it's got the thin blue, uh, it's got uh, uh, the one-year Bible daily you, reading. Do you have one too. there you can show us for the guys on YouTube? 
That is really, really cool. The, and you the, see it's, it's, the yellow it's thumb, the yellow middle finger doesn't come with it, though. That's right. No, it doesn't come with it. <laughs> that is a beautiful Bible. Can you explain, you know, because this is the Bible that we sell, and yes, it does have the exclamation mark at John 19.30, it is finished, but what, can you explain the filament app and what this unleashes for guys and gals? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you download the filament app that goes along with the filament Bible, it unleashes over 25,000 study notes. I mean, it's like you're carrying around a three-pound study Bible. It's all this. It's, all this yeah. and a little Bible that thick. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. More. It's more. Yeah. Yeah. But not only that, it's got over 1,500 devotionals in it. It's got over 40 maps and infographics, and, and you know how great those are. Oh, and I, I'll tell you what. They are so impressive, and I love maps on the Bible. It just brings it to life. Yeah. yeah, it's really and, excellent. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and, actually. And yeah. you can tap on different things that you're looking at, and it will bring up and tell you exactly what you're looking at. You know, so it's not like just the Paul's missionary journey in the back of your Bible that you got right now, map. You know, these things are, are wonderful. And then it's got, you know, the temple and different things, uh, you know, that you'll read about, and they're the same way. You can tap on different things. It's got the entire Bible project in it. It's got over 40 uh, character uh, kind of bios in it from people in the Bible. I mean, and it just goes on and on, and they update it constantly. You know, they put more in it. So that's just that's just the basics. It's unbelievable you know, had, what you have at your finger. It's a it's a Bible plus multiple commentary libraries. Yes. Uh, and honestly, that map with Paul's missionary journey, nobody can read that map. Nobody understands it. But the film and app, they bring it to reality. You can read it and understand it. It's just really is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would join just to get the Bible. <laughs> it, it, uh, I actually, when we were trying to put this together. And and I was discussing with our publisher, you know, about the thin blue line. They did not uh, understand the thin blue thin blue line. You know, they said, "Well, we can put Holy Bible on." Well, I, I don't need that. I need a blank Bible, thin blue line around it. Well, we could do this. I need a blank Bible with a thin blue line yeah. around it. Hey, yeah, I'm speaking English here. Yeah, and so he 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 says, "I'm going to send you this Bible that we just got in." This was when the filament Bible first came out. Nobody knew about it. I said, "Okay." Well, he sends me this very same Bible, except it was just a plain brown cover. And he put a post-it note on it, Paul, I can get this without the filament. And I read that out loud, and my communications specialist was sitting across from me. He said, filament? He said, let me see that Bible. And I handed it to him, and he flopped it open, and he just had this look of astonishment. He said, do you know what we're holding? I said, other than a Bible, no. <laughs> I don't know what we're holding. And when he told me what it was, we downloaded the app. When I saw it, I ran to the phone, called our rep, said, this is the Bible we want. We do want it with the filament app. I don't care what it costs. God will provide. And Jim, God had provided half of this huge order that we had to, to make to get this done before we ask anybody for it, yeah. for donations. Wow. I mean, that's just our God, you know. That and is that's so, that's why we have it. That is so, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll just say this as a sidebar. This may not make the podcast, but you know, our organization with this economy being a nonprofit Christian, and we focus on a very small. When you say you're Christian, now you go to ten percent of Americans. I would say are 
born again believers that are living for Jesus, you know, and then you start focusing on men. Now you're down to about three percent, and so you know, for us, you know, funding the ministry has always been, you know, it's always been an endeavor where we've trusted God, and so yep. we got down to the la- in October where we almost didn't get paid, or I didn't get paid because I'm the guy that falls on the sword, uh, not my team, right? I'm the leader, mm-hmm. and so in the last three weeks we've been like, God, you need to help us. In the last three weeks we brought in. Uh, promised $125,000 in new dollars for 24, and it's just out of thin air with people who've never given before. And so God, you know, when we really depend, you know, you go back to, I surrender, I give up, I throw in the towel. When you do that, you open the door for the miraculous. When you don't do that, you're still living in your strength. And so this is, you know, and for a, a, a peace officer, you know, I, I like to just say cop because it's one syllable. That's fine. It's not derogatory for me. I love cops. But I say if you're a cop and you don't trust somebody, you don't trust people, but then we're saying well, you have to trust this invisible God who made you, you know, that's a hard leap to take. But if you don't take it, your life is going to stay the same. That's what guys don't realize. Yeah. You have to take it. And in Christianity, to give your life to Jesus is a death. You are You're killing spiritually killing off the old man. And that's what guys don't realize. Oh, what? Yeah, well, listen, if you want Christianity to work, then you need to go all in on Christianity. You know, it doesn't mean I'm an NRA member with a white picket fence, a Labrador retriever, and 2.5 children. It's going all in for Jesus. So I really appreciate it. So I have a question for you. So sure. sorry, I got off on the little rant there. You got me, okay. you got me fired up, Paul. Gosh, okay, Paul, good. come on, Paul, calm down. You know, so so here's my question. So I'm an EMS, you know, guy. I, I you know, I, I I drive an ambulance. You know, uh, I'm there on the scene, or I'm a firefighter, or uh, I'm a correctional officer, and I and I'm like, well, I, I don't see, there's I don't see an organization for my my group anywhere. Can, you know, I want to go to this fellowship of Christian peace officers, even though I'm an EMS guy or I'm a correctional officer, am I welcome there? I'll, I'll take it one step farther. Or if you're just a civilian and the answer is yes. Wow. That's and, really cool. Really? Yeah. And we, we do not want to turn anybody away. Cool. And sometimes, you know, there, there are cops that go, you know, because they're still having trust issues. Oh, it yeah. just needs to be cops. Well, if it just needs to be cops then then go do that. But then You've got to open yourself. How do you tell another believer you can't worship with me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you can't. You can't do that. Well, even you say that police officers are clan. Or, or, I shouldn't say police. Peace officers are clannish. Do EMS or firefighters? Do they? Do they bring? The, do they accept them into that clan generally? I just don't know how it works because I'm not one. Yeah, it, it just depends. Nobody can pick on firefighters except police officers and, and really people can't pick uh, nobody can pick on police officers, but firefighters. It's like, yeah. You know? I, I, like, I mean, hey, it's just, nobody can tell a Portuguese joke unless you're a Portuguese. So that's, that, right. yeah, that's how I, you know, Hey, you can say, Hey, do whatever you want. But if you talk about my people, yeah, you, you don't talk about that, my that, people. That, that, that's it. You know, cause I mean, we know these guys put their lives on the line every day. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a, there's, there's a clinical word for it. And it's a, uh, it's nuts. You're just nuts, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, you, you think about it. Imagine this. Imagine this story. It is the coldest day in a city up north that's ever been. There's a three-alarm fire. The police get dispatched at 3 o'clock in the morning to block an intersection for the firefighters to fight this fire. It's freezing. You know nobody's out. You don't want to go do this. So you stop and you get your donuts, you get your coffee, 
you go block the intersection and there's these guys down there spraying water on this big fire and it's freezing. And you know, all of a sudden there's a big explosion and the firefighters run towards that explosion. And you look at each other and one guy says to the other, did you see that? Did your parents never teach you that fire is dangerous, that it will kill you? And those guys are running right towards it. They're nuts. Now, about three hours later, they've got the fire under control. You know, they've got help there. Some of the firefighters are sitting, drinking some coffee. You know, you can see the steam coming off of them. You know, they're trying to take a break. And around the corner comes two gangbangers in a gun battle. And they end up shooting at the police. The police roll out of their car, spilling their coffee and their donuts, exchange gunfire, and chase them off into the darkness around another corner. One firefighter looks at the other one and said, you see that? Didn't your mom ever tell you that guns are dangerous, that they'll kill you? I said, look at those guys. They're nuts. So the clinical word for what we do is nuts. You know, where everybody else normally runs away, we run too. And we do it without thinking. And it doesn't leave even after you retire. You know, that thought's always, always there. So there's a clinical word for firefighters and and law enforcement. We're just, we're just nuts, but we still family because if we're believers, we are family. You know, we're, we're family. There's no way to get around it. So we do allow uh, anyone to become a, uh, you know, of course, to be a member, you're in law enforcement or you're retired from law enforcement to be an associate member. You can be a firefighter. EMS, you can be a civilian. It doesn't matter, you know, because you're a believer that wants to be part of something big, you know, and this organization is bigger than any of us because we have the ability, God leading, to change everything, to change, you know, not only ourselves, our families, but to go in and change communities, to deal with the people that nobody else will deal with and nor should they but just try to imagine the people we get exposed to every single day around this country and they're just lost people and they're just looking for somebody anybody to say something kind to them well i'll tell you what I, i love what you guys are doing you are a massive organization and you know i don't know if you know this well you do know this i'm just i can pretend like you don't so i'm not going to do it because our guys are smarter (laughs) than that but you know we offer our curriculum free uh for our leos uh for our first responders ems active military you know so we will send those guys uh digital the books digitally because there is a cost to print the books but what I basically have done is we've donated our intellectual property uh, because we really appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. And so I'm excited to announce that we are officially collaborating with the fel- Men in the Arena is officially collaborating with the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers Association. And I'm really excited about that. So guys, by the time we drop this episode, you'll be able to go to fcpo.org, you first responders, uh, uh, police and, and peace officers, and you can you can pick up these resources. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about that collaboration, the way you see it, uh, Paul? Well, you know, that goes back to, you know, our Bible studies, our discipleship, 
you know, and the resources that you guys provide are already done. They're excellent, uh, you know, 100% biblical. But on on top of that, you know, they can do it if there's just two of them. They can do it if there's a small group. And it's not like you've got to have somebody already trained up in this. If you get the material and just sit down and read it, you can do it. And it's duplicatable from one to another to another, which means, you know, you've got this stuff ready made. If your shift changes or whatever, you can take it with you and you can do it with somebody else. And the only thing that's going to happen to you is that you will grow stronger. And the only thing that's going to happen to the guys that you're going through it with is they're going to become stronger. I mean, that's that's the outcome. That's the outcome. And all of a sudden, you have a place to hang your hat because you're looking at biblical truths to hang your hat on. And that's where we have to go. You know, there's, I've looked, there is no exception clause in the Bible for cops. I've looked, I've tried to find it. It's not there. You know, there's, there's no place, you know, where God gives us an exception. We have a bad habit of going, yeah, you know, I, I know I'm rough. I know my language is tough. I know, you know, I know this, but God knows what, what I do for a living. Yes, he does, because he puts you there. And he expects you to do it better and cleaner than everyone else, because you may be the only Christ example somebody sees in their life. You've got to do it better. And there are ways to do it. You don't have to be that guy. Do you have to be stern? Do you have to be tough? Will you have to fight? Will you have to shoot? Will you have to chase? Absolutely. And when that's over with, you go right back to being who you were. You don't throw in that extra punch, that extra kick. You don't cuss them all the way to jail. Remember, they're lost people. They don't know how to act any differently. You have a job to do. Your job is to protect the public. That's what that thin blue line is. It separates chaos from civility. And law enforcement stands in that thin blue line to absorb, especially Christian law enforcement, to absorb everything Satan throws at society and absorb it like a sponge so it doesn't seep over to the public. And the only thing the public's supposed to do is go be the public. They're not supposed to worry about law enforcement. They're not supposed to worry about our pay or what's going on or the danger that's around the next corner. That's not their job. Their job is to go lead happy, productive lives with their families, go to the park, go to the mall, you know, go to the movies. Our job is to stand on that line so they get to go do that. And if you think they don't care, the next time an officer falls in the line of duty, Look who lines the streets during the funeral procession. It's, it's the youngest. It's the children from school holding their, their little flags to our oldest veteran. All nationalities, colors, they're all lining the highways because they do care mm-hmm. when it's important. Wow. That's they powerful. do. That's powerful. I, I like what you said earlier. You know, if, if we are going to name the name of Jesus, uh, as peace officers or anything we do, we ought to be the best at it. Like 
Exactly. Believers ought to be better because we're believers. We ought to have a better moral compass. Our language ought to be better. Our care for the lost are better. Our view of the of the bad guys is better because they're not the they really aren't the enemy. They're just in bondage to the enemy. And so I really appreciate it. So so if a guy wants to uh, use our resources at the fcpo.org website, where will he be able to find them? After the first of the year, you'll be able to go to our resources section on our website. And in a drop-down box, you'll see it, how to get to it right there. Man, I'm really excited, Paul. It's been great to meet you. Uh, I'm excited uh, to partner with Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers uh, USA and the 260 chapters and the 800,000 plus uh, people who are involved in your ministry. Uh, any final words that you have for us today, Paul? Well, yeah, the, the final words would be, guys, if you are not reading your Bibles, you need to read them because there is tons of stuff in there about cops. You think there's not, but there is. And you mentioned correctional officers just a minute ago, Jim. Real quick story from the Bible, piece of history. Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel. Paul and Silas get arrested by some overzealous cops who actually kick their butts, throw them in jail. They put them in the bottom of the prison. They chain them to the walls and the floor. And about midnight, instead of Paul and Silas being down there talking about how they're going to sue the cops, they're singing praises and hymns to God. And the Bible says that God causes an earthquake and the cell doors swing open, the chains fall off, and the jailer comes running out and thinks everybody's escaped. So he's going to fall on his sword and kill himself. Now, we don't have internal affairs like that these days. You know, they must have been rough back then. But Paul and Silas holler out, no, we're here. We're here. And they come out. Now, in the middle of this, this jailer, this correctional officer, this peace officer here, asked the most important question that's ever been asked in the history of mankind. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That came from a cop. And there's more of that all through Scripture. Well, it's funny, you're talking about Acts chapter 16, mm -hmm. and, and you didn't finish the story. So I'm going to finish the story. Go ahead. Not that same guy who threw him in the, the jail, locked him in the stocks, you know, which was a brutal, brutal torture. Uh, in, in Southern uh, America, they call it the alligator because you can't move. you got to urinate and all of yourself. It's a horrible, horrible thing. That same jailer, the Bible says, washed their wounds. That's right. And that, and really, isn't that a powerful statement of our law enforcement? You know, that's that that Christian law peace officer. Those guys wearing their t-shirts and going out and praying with the that's community right. at Chick Fil A. They're washing the wounds, and that and that's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Uh, Paul, it's been such a joy to have you on again, guys. Uh, make sure you head on over to their website, Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers, fcpo.org. Org. Paul, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. Sure appreciate oh, you, brother. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks. Hey, guys, as you know, our man laws are supplied mostly by you. You can find them in our free book, Man Laws, 101 Ways to Get Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to Live By. This is man law number 35, and here it is. If you score in any sport, no matter how injured you got in the process, 
it was worth it. Life rule, guys, is this. Play to win. Keep score. And if you don't believe me, ask me about my collarbone and what happened in a youth group football game several years ago. Hey, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you text this link to one of your buddies so they can plug into what we're doing and they can become their best version alongside of you. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. <laughs>